but you know, when something great is coming, there is always an obstacle, but we made it, okay? So let's just go ahead and jump on in. Welcome to Chat and Chew with Miss Keisha. Aren't you excited? Because this is so dope. I'm excited. Man, am I excited. <laughs> all right, let me make my disclaimers first. My disclaimer is that all thoughts and opinions and experiences are my own or those of my guests. This platform is used to share, to help, encourage, and engage in healthy conversation with my candor and my truth. Please understand that, okay? All right. So today's um, topic is a mother's love. And this was important to me um, because of so many transformations that I've went through as a mother and as a daughter. Um, during my time in therapy, I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about my own mother and our relationship. And so I just wanted to share that with anybody else that can maybe, uh, you know, uh, understand or agree or have the same feelings or, you know, even if your mother has passed on, like being able to think about certain things and differently, you know? So when you think about, um, well, first of all, anybody that's a parent, don't you wish there was like a step-by-step, uh, like a book, a video or something that would tell you, okay, if this happens, you do this. If that happens, you do that. Well, in a perfect world, but just not this one. When you ask someone, what is it like being a mother? I know for me and for many others, you'd probably say one of the most beautiful things I've ever been challenged to do. Or you'd probably say, um, there's really no words to describe it. But there really are. There really are words to describe being a mother because being a mother is not just someone who gives birth to children. Being a mother is a foster parent. Being a mother is an adoptive parent. Being a mother is feeding all them dang on kids on the block all the time till they start to look like you. You know what I mean? Or those kids that come home with your kids from school and don't go back home for a month. Those kids. So you're still um, nurturing and loving on those kids because they are under your care. So you're considered a mom. All my friend, my daughter's friends and my son's friends call me mom because no matter when they come around, when they're in my presence, they're my kids. So if they mess up, yep, you might get popped upside the head or, you know, I might jink on your hair a little bit. You know, it just depends. But those nothing really defines a mother because there are people out there who cannot give birth and they are still able to be mothers because they could force a child and um, or they can adopt a child. Now, do we think that everyone has that motherly instinct? I think we all have that motherly instinct. I think that it was instilled in us biologically. But does everyone connect with that instinct? Now that I will have to put a question mark next to because I don't think that everyone um, 
connects with that instinct that they have. You know, I feel like if everyone did connect with that instinct, you know, children wouldn't be getting hurt. So that's just Keisha's opinion of that. But I really think that, um, you know, no, everyone doesn't connect with the instinct. Now, this is the, the great foundation that me and my therapist, uh, we pull the cover back on. And this is what we talked about. Instead of saying generational curses, what we created, what we labeled it, because generational curses give it a negative condemnation. So we don't want to do that. So we decided to call them generational foundations. So when it comes to me and my mother, there was of many difficult times. Uh, many of you watching that are my friends know that um I'm an only child, you know, and so me and my mother had a lot of difficult times and, and, and a lot of times I did not feel loved um, because I wanted love different than how she would show me. And what therapy taught me was that I don't know what foundation was placed in my mom for her to do with the things that she did as a parent. You know, I can't say that um, what she was doing was wrong. Now I can't, but I can't say that what she was doing was wrong. I can say what she was doing was the best she knew how at that time. And it of who she is, that's what I can say. Because I believe that in every generation from ancestors back, something you know, there's a generational foundation that flows through the generations. Because now, even now, like things that I would say I would never do as a parent, you know, I didn't have this or I didn't get to do this or, you know, my aunt didn't do this for me or my mom didn't do this for me. And I would never, you know, do that to my kids. But unknowingly, I did do that. And we'll get to that part soon. But the generational foundation is something that comes down from generation to generation to generation. So it's up to us to say, is this something that we want to continue? Or is there, if there is a chance, do I want to form, do I want to set a different foundation for my family? And then it goes from there on. Because we have the opportunity to do that. We we have the choices to make different choices than what we're offered. You know, at the time when my mother was born, she was born in the 50s. There was not opportunities for her that there are opportunities for me. So mothering was different. So I had to learn that to understand why she made some of the decisions that she made back there, back in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s if you couldn't take care of your kid because you was trying to work to make a living you know there was an aunt or a cousin or a sister or a brother who took your child in you know and for me that's kind of what happened to me but that was a norm for my mom because that's what she came from but i didn't understand that all i knew is that i wanted my mom i wanted her there right then i can remember times when i uh after my grandmother 
I was put in a nursing home because I lived with my grandmother and I went back to live with my mom. And I remember, oh my God, this is so, this is hilarious. So I think I was like in the eighth grade, maybe seventh grade. And my mom worked on Wall Street at the time. Um, I want to say she worked for Citibank, right? And, so, and she's the weirdest wig. She used to look like Diana Ross. Okay, but that's irrelevant right now. But anyway, um, and I was jacking off in school. Can I say jacking off? I was messing up in school. Okay. I was messing up in school, right? And it was my birthday. And so my mother would say, like, why you ain't got your report card yet? Why you ain't got your report card yet? And I'd be like, Mom, you know the stock market crash? They ain't giving us no report cards. Because I was failing. I wasn't finna give her a failing report card. And here I am. You know, she finna give me all these presents and stuff. She get ready to throw me a party, a sleepover, everything. So I was like, I'm holding on to this report card. And I held on to that report card for three quarters. Two, two or three quarters. And so, came to my birthday party. And my one friend, Keisha Foskey, mm, 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 we was all, everybody was having a good time. We had good food. You know, everybody's having a good time. And Keisha decided she wanted to have a conversation with my mother about the damn report cards. So she tells my mother that, oh, yeah, my brother went and got my report card last week. Last week, my mother was like, last week. So she still let me have my little, my little birthday, and we celebrated and everything. And then um, she was like, um, "Why you lie to me about your report card?" And I was like, "Huh?" And she was like, "Why you lie to me about your report card?" I was like, "Because I ain't want to, you know, miss getting my birthday celebration." And she was like, "You gonna be able to pull yourself, you know, get get back so you can pass?" And I was like, "Yeah." And that was the end of it. There was no punishment. There was nothing. Because at the end of the day, when Monday morning came, my mother had to go get on that train and go to Manhattan and go to work. And I was left in Brooklyn to fit for myself. But that's what we did. She worked late. Sometimes I would only see her going to work. I wouldn't see her coming home from work. But that's what she did because she was trying to build a life for us. But to me, I was like, what the heck? She don't like me or something? Why she don't, you know, why she not here? Why she always working or whatever? And so that's what I mean by, you know, how the generational foundation flows down and it's up to us to change those things you know it's not saying that what they did was wrong because of course they did what they had to do at that time but times change and so you don't want somebody to have a mindset of the 70s here in 2022 so you want people to know that they can always do better they can always have better you can change the course of your life. You, you, you don't have to stay in that same place. So throughout therapy, I was able to learn and accept that, you know, for my mother. And we just had to set boundaries to where, you know, she understood how I felt and I understood how she felt. And we didn't cross those boundaries, those boundaries as a to point finger or point blank. And this made our relationship great. Um, 
you know, neither one of us is perfect. You know, we mess up. We hurt each other's feelings, but we know how. At the end of the day, I know for me, I honor my mother. She is still my mother, regardless of anything. I honor my mother. So, <clears throat> having said all that, um, the effects of generational foundations, what I've seen when people decide that they don't want to change it, and but they don't understand why their life is stagnant. Because... All opportunities are there for you to care for your children and be a better person, not just for yourself, but for your kids. So I think that, you know, a lot of people just don't take the opportunities because they are afraid of doing something different than everyone else has done. I think, or maybe they have, um, took that opportunity and it failed and then it was like i'm not going to put myself out there again i'll just do what everybody else did they survived so i should survive too even though you're going to struggle have hard time um etc etc you still do that but you gotta know that anything good for you is not gonna come easy so you and that was one thing that my aunt I lived my last, my four years of high school with my, my Aunt Dot. Now, my Aunt Dot, she was in the nicest person all the time. And she was very strict. But I thank her for that because she taught me, at, like, so she wasn't my mother, but she became my mother when she cared for me. She was like a mother to me. And she taught me about perseverance. She taught me about striving for greatness. She taught me about not doing the things that those before me did to to get out there and try and try and try again. She taught me how to have strength as a woman because things weren't going to always be easy. She taught me those things. She prepared me for the future. So having said all that, with my therapist, you know, we were able to, to see that, you know, it was just generational foundations that were built. And I realized that I wanted to change those things um, for me and my family, you know, because um, me and my kids are very close. So when my kids were younger, you know, I always looked at them as, you know, these are my kids. They're Keisha kids. So they're, you know, they're strong. They're, you know, they they think make good decisions. And, you know, my I my child wouldn't do anything stupid. Yeah. So, um, but as they became adults is when I realized that I had repeated a generational foundation that I didn't know I was doing because I felt I was trying to break it. So there were times when, um, when my kids got in their 20s and my son told me that he felt hurt and he felt that I didn't love him because all he wanted me to do was to be in the stands and watch him play football. Now, in my mind, I'm like, I provide you a house to live in. I provide you clothes, anything you want, food, you know, 
you have everything that you want you have everything that you need you understand that it's just me doing this and i have to go to work and at the time i was in the military so it was like oh you guys are good you're resilient you understand but in all actuality he didn't because all he wanted was his mama the same feeling i had many years ago when i didn't live with my mom that that's all i wanted i didn't want her to buy me clothes and send me shoes i wanted to be with her i wanted her to love me like a mother loves a child and that's the same thing my son wanted and that was a hard pill to swallow because you could not tell me i was not the best mama on the face of this earth but the reality is i missed the mark then and i repeated what my mother had done and i tried so hard not to repeat it but i really fell back in there and didn't even realize it i i can say with my daughter was the same thing my daughter um recently opened up to me and she told me that you know I just need you to be a mom. I just need you to be a mom. And in my mind, I'm like, well, I don't, I mean, I, I've been your mama all this, all this time. What more do you want? And she finally broke it down and told me that sometimes I just need a hug from you. Sometimes I just need you to tell me that it's going to be all right. Sometimes I need you to tell me that I love you, you know, um, and I didn't realize that was a problem. Again, repeating generational foundations. Then she expressed to me about a time where she had a difficult time in high school. And again, I always thought, these are my kids. That's Keisha kids. They strong. They resilient. They got this. But there were times when she just well, she used to always want to, you know, she was real clingy when she was little. When she became a teenager, I'm like, dude, you're a teenager. We, we, I mean, you, you don't got to be on me all the time. But what I was doing was a form of rejection to her. And even though I love her with everything in me, she felt rejected because I wasn't giving her the attention that I had been giving her all those years. And for many years, I didn't realize that she felt that way. So when she expressed that to me, you know, it broke my heart because that wasn't my intent. My intent is you're grown, you know, you're 17, 18 years old. You getting ready to go off to college. Um, I'm blank. Um, you get ready to hold tight. We coming. Little technical difficulties. Murphy is in the building. It's all right. I'm still here. You can hear me. Can you hear me? But they can't see me. But my production is really dope, y'all. Like, they really are. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you know what I look like. So, so what, uh, yeah. So, when she told me that, oh, bam, I'm in there. All right. So, when she told me that, you know, that broke my heart. Like, I love my babies. Like anybody can tell you that I love my kids, you know, like, but a lot of time 
what I thought I was doing right, I really wasn't, you know? And so here I am in my 20 plus years and, you know, my children are adults. So I'll, our relationships are evolving, you know, because they are adults. They're in their mid twenties now, you know, my daughter has a child, you know, so it's a little different now. So, um, I decided that I wanted to break the generational foundation. I wanted to, um, I, I see you, Brandy. I'm going to get to your question. I wanted to do right now. I can't go back 20 years and say, okay, I'm going to do it different. I wanted to do right now so that I can show them what a stable generational foundation looks like so that when she gets to the point where her daughter and my son gets to the point where his children and his wife and, and my daughter with her husband, they know what right looks like because of what they've already been through. Okay, I've been through that. I know how that made me feel. I saw my mother change once she found out. So I'm going to build from here. Not to say that you have to do the exact things I did, but at least there's a positive foundation to start on with your families. And then it'll grow from there. Their children's families will grow from there in a positive direction because the world, times are changing. So when my granddaughter have kids, she can't live off of when me and her mother were building families, but she has something to start with, you know? So that was very important to me. And through therapy, I learned that. I learned that I had to, because in my mind, I was like, you are bugging out. I do love you. Like, I'm here every time you need me. I give you everything you want, blah, 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 whoop de woo. But the reality is that my experiences and her experiences are different. And by doing that yet again, it was a form of rejection. So I had to check myself. Even though, you know, I'm 20 plus years old, I still had to check myself because I always want to have a good relationship with my kids. And I want us to always be able to talk to each other. And with my daughter, because she carried so much, um, it was causing us, it was causing us havoc. It really was. Um, we're not there yet. We're still evolving, but I, I know now. So I try to be more compassionate. I try to be quiet listen more speak less i try to be more supportive um i'm more transparent about telling her that i love her and i'm proud of her and you know these things that she has told me that she lacked and so now i i put forth for the 120,000% so she can know these things now my friend brandy watson she has a question how did i get them to open up to me did you all just sit down and have a conversation no my darling i wish it was that simple but honestly we had a significant emotional event in our family i mean to the point where my children weren't speaking to me behind this situation and so as we came out of that 
we dealt with that because my biggest thing was you guys know that y'all know me better than anybody in the world. How could you let somebody put you in a position to feel like your mother was somebody negative, somebody that could cause harm to you or I was this bad person. And so, and I did it kid by kid because they're different. They're not the same night and freaking day. So with my son, you know, um, he was transparent with me and he told me. And um, I remember it to the day we'd be sitting on the couch in my townhouse in South Carolina. And, you know, he told me that's what it was. He told me about, you know, my son dropped out of high school because he thought he was going to be the biggest dope dealer in North Carolina, I guess. But and he ended up going to, um, you know, job court. That wasn't my plans for him, but that's what the the path that he ended up taking. And so how the conversation started when he came home, I said to him, I said, you know, Dante, I said, um, you know, I tried to always be there for you. And I know that as a mother, I can't treat, I can't teach you how to be a man, but you know, what, what did I do wrong? Where, where did I go wrong? And he said, you know, mom, you lectured me. Everything that you told me was right. But at the end of the day, all I could see you as is just my mom. And those times that I was missing you when um, football and, you know, he started expressing all that. He was like, that's all I could see. And he said, so I just did what I wanted to do. And it just broke my heart. <laughs> Needless to say, I was just crying. We were crying, but we had a breakthrough. And, and I mean, we still had, you know, stumbles along the way. But after that walk up 95, he's been right on track. <laughs> so, uh, but as for my daughter, yeah, it was rough. We, it was rough. We fought, we argued, we didn't speak. She wouldn't let me see my grandbaby, you know, like. We just butted heads, butted heads, butted heads, butted heads. But um, uh, one weekend I went down there and we sat at the table and I, I just asked her like to talk to me. And by now she was in therapy. And so we were able to have a healthy conversation versus finger pointing because if we would have not been in therapy trying to better ourselves mentally, both of us would have been on a defense because I'm trying to convince her that I was a good mother and she's trying to convince me that I was a bad mother because, I, you know, how she felt. Maybe not so much to say I was a bad mother, but, you know, that's how you feel when you can't tell you something like that. So um, and we just grew from there and we're still growing, you know, and and so. That's why understanding generational foundations is important. You have to know what you came from. You have to know how the women in, as a woman, you have to know how the women in your family, um, what were their values? What were their norms? What will you take with you? What would you leave? What are you going to leave behind? You know, you have because it is inherent in you until you decide to change it. 
you know, I have family members who are okay with just being okay. And I have never been okay with being okay. I know my, my kids joke and laugh like, um, how many degrees do you want? You know, why are you always trying something new? Why you just can't sit down? Like, but I believe that, you know, there's so much in the world that offers to me, just me, you know, so I got to get out there and, and do it. And I want to show them that whatever you put your mind to, you can do because that's what my aunt instilled in me that no matter what it was it was no task too tough for me to get out there and do it and so uh that has even throughout my time in the military it has always been my thought you know so <clears throat> it's very important to know you know where you come from um where they come from your ancestral line you know, what were the values and norms of the women in your family? You know, um, you know, just like when you think about marriage, you know, marriage wasn't a big thing in my family. Or if you got married, it was OK. You, you know, you uh, it was understood if he had somebody on the side and she had somebody on the side. Well, no, ma'am or no, sir. That was not OK with the kid. OK um yeah no and so that was a generational foundation that i broke i would rather be by myself than to be with someone that doesn't know how to love me and and that's okay that's okay you know i've had some great relationships and i've had some relationships that i have erased out of my mind but i broke that generational curse uh excuse me generational foundation for me and my descendants for them to see what right looks like that you don't have to settle you deserve the best just like everybody else so um i just wanted to come on here you know and um just talk about being a mother a mother's love how deep it it, it you know it flows because it it really flows deep when you really think about it like you take on this spirits and you know foundation from your ancestors like this is this just didn't just happen between me and my mom you know there was her mom and my grandma's mom and my great grandmama's mom like this goes back this is something that you know just flow down you know and from generation to generation and i know with me I choose to change the foundation so that we can create generational blessings, generation after generation after generation. Not to say that it's always going to be easy because parenting is hard. Parenting is hard as hell. I don't care if they are two days old or 26 years old. Parenting is hard. So to all you parents, as I come to a close, to all you parents that are out there and you may have young kids, you may have teenagers, um, and they just getting on your damn nerves just to tell the honest truth. And you got to go run to the bathroom and lock the door and just have a moment to yourself. Or you got to come from get some bread and sit outside in your car just to find your mental peace, you know. It's okay, sis. You gonna make it through. You know, I made it through um, not having enough money 
when I separated with my ex-husband, you know, I had to choose between food and gas. Uh, well, food won. So I put that baby in that stroller and I walked to the daycare. I left her stroller there and then I walked to work, you know, and we did that until, you know, God blessed us to have more, but it was hard. It was hard as hell. Then when I had two babies in diapers, it was hard. Nothing about motherhood is hard. It's easy. The easy part is when they are grown and you can see everything. You see your little flower blossom. I so enjoy um, seeing my kids do great things and get out there, um, you know, and accomplish so much on their own. I love, I love being a grandparent. Oh my God, Jesus. I love my grandbaby more than I love my kids. They true. I mean, I love them, but Lord, the way I love my grandbaby. But yeah, parenting is, being a mother is not easy, but it's the best job you could ever have. Don't worry, dads. There's going to be a day for you too. But today we're going to focus on, we're focusing on mommies because we as mothers, we need to stick together. Um, there was never a time when I ever had, you know, one of Dominique and Dante's friends in the house and I ever spoke bad of their mom. Um, or, or their parent or, or whatever the case was. I gave them what they needed while they were in my house. I took accountability for that child. And that's what I would expect from anyone else who, who would have to take my child in. It doesn't always happen. And unfortunately, I had to experience that. But I don't love my children any less. I don't love any of those kids any less. You know, they still mine. You know, so um, hold on, sis. You're doing a good job. Sis, 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 you're doing a good job. So just keep doing a good job. Just keep being the best at at what you're, you're being, you know. Look at your foundation. What about it can you change? What about it can you make better? You know, how could you love your kids better? How could you, what boundaries can you set to where that foundation changes with them? Because it's all about being better, being better. Nobody wants to keep repeating bad habits. So it's all about being better, you know? So having said all that, this is the end of my first episode super hype ah! even with all the difficulties even with yesterday being super crazy you know uh this has been in the making for six years i have been so nervous uh afraid uh again generational foundations but when i decided to change that here i am so i thank you guys for supporting me we got some great episodes some great amazing guests coming on um i'm just going to share the love you know just just like i said you know 
Let's talk about it. Whatever it is, let's talk about it. Let's make it plain. Let's, I'm going to say things that people probably want to hear or want to say, but they just don't got nobody to say it to. So now you do. Come say it to me, okay? Your girl, Keisha, with the bun buns. I learned this off TikTok. Uh-huh. I can send you the video if you really want you some buns, okay? Mm-hmm. So I want to first thank God um, for giving me the responsibility of this and for giving me the grace to do it. You know, uh, God has just been with me all the way. As a mother, because before being Keisha, that's all I was for 20 some odd years was a mother and a soldier. So now I'm just Keisha and grandma. Sometimes I answer them all. I want to give a shout out to my production team, my new cousins, um, Saquon and Kia and Doc, you know. Um, this was the first episode. We're just going to get better from there. We're going to work on the, the, you know, the little ankle biters. But you always know when it's something great, that little joke was just over there in the corner like, I'm going to set you back. But we just kept pushing and we was able to get the show done. So I, I, I'm thankful for um, the Brass Mill Road Studios. I'm thankful for the opportunity. They saw something in me that they was willing to let me be a part of their team. Um, and for all you guys' notes and messages, I see them. That's dope. You guys rock. <laughs> and uh, so let's talk about next week. So next week, February 10th, our topic will be, how do I love you? I, I mean, I know I want to know. <laughs> How, how do I love you? You know, uh, we will have special guests, Mr. And, Mr. Clarence and Lisa Baker, who are life coaches and directors of Ascentum. Ascentum's, um, one thing they believe is, you know, they exist for those who are ready to live their best life. So if you don't want to miss this, you don't want to miss this episode if you're ready to live your best life. And I'm excited for the things that they are going to impart in us um, as people how to actually live your best life. Because living in peace and living your best life, let me tell you something. It will change everything about you. It will change. It will change everything about you. Um, so on that note, as much as I want to keep talking, I do, I do, I do. I just got something like this. Hold on. Okay. Bring it back. Good night. Be blessed. And of course, smooches. You should have told me. You know you got to tell me ahead of time. No, I see. I see it now. 